Stoughton Hospital strives to meet the changing needs of the communities we serve. Our experts provide you with the information you need to make informed health care decisions. Here's Melanie Cole with Stoughton Hospital Health Talk. Sports-related injuries can be highly debilitating and very painful, but learning more about the field of sports medicine can help you to overcome and prevent those injuries before they happen. My guest is Dr. Ashish Ravel. He's an orthopedic surgeon with Stoughton Hospital. Dr. Ravel, what is sports medicine? What is this field all about? Does it only help athletes, and who is it for? Uh, so that that's an interesting question, and... Uh... Uh, and I would say that sports medicine really is more of a philosophy uh, of how we take care of patients. Uh, and the most important thing is many people think and feel that sports medicine only involves taking care of competitive athletes. And uh, the truth is it really takes care of people uh, for all different backgrounds. And the main thing is that for all of us, we have something important in our life that we do that we consider our sport. Uh, and so although I take care of a lot of athletes, uh, whether it be high school, college, or professional athletes, I, I take care of everyday people that do activities that make them happy, whether uh, it be a sport, whether it be gardening, uh, whether it be playing with their grandchildren uh, and uh, just playing out in the yard. So all those things are important to everybody, and my job is to make sure that injuries don't slow them down and they can get back to doing what they want to do. What's the difference between a sports medicine physician and an orthopedic surgeon? So in terms of training, um, so an orthopedic surgeon does their full residency training, and to be really called a, a sports medicine orthopedic surgeon, it involves an additional fellowship training in uh, orthopedic sports medicine, uh, which is usually uh, one year of additional training. And it does also involve uh, extra certification as well, too. So besides being board certified in orthopedics, uh, I'm additionally uh, board certified in orthopedic sports medicine. Uh, So it does uh, require extra training as well as extra um, board certification to really call yourself a true orthopedic sports medicine surgeon. What are some of the most common injuries that you see because people, I mean, they hear the word rotator cuff. Obviously, people have, you know, back issues or they pull a hamstring or knee issues, ACL and girls and soccer players. And what do you see most often, doctor? Uh, so I'd say the most common two body parts that uh, that I see are shoulder and knee injuries and The type of injury varies uh, with age, uh, with our younger patients and athletes. Uh, I do see a lot of patients with ACL injuries, and ACL stands for anterior cruciate ligament. Uh, It's one of the main stabilizing ligaments in the knee, and for many athletes, uh, they can tear that, which can slow down their career and uh, can help get people uh, back into the game with that. Um, With shoulder issues, the more common things we see for younger patients is issues where they can dislocate their shoulder and that can become a chronic problem. uh, And that's something uh, we can help take care of. And as patients get older, we, we see patients with rotator cuff injuries and uh, that's something that can be quite debilitating. Uh, However, it's something that we can definitely help uh, patients with. 
and many times we can begin and and successfully treat patients without ever having to think about surgery and uh, but when it is appropriate then we make that recommendation as well and as you mentioned as people get older they're more subject to those rotator cuff injuries even from golfing or playing tennis you said that those don't necessarily necessitate surgery. So what can you do for somebody with a rotator cuff injury as they're so common? Does physical therapy help, ice, heat? What do you like them to do if they've got that pain? So the the most important thing is first is to, to do the things that we consider uh, rice. So resting it, icing it, um, and shoulders not necessarily elevating it but things like anti-inflammatory, so Advil, Aleve, as, as long as you, your health is okay and you can tolerate those. And obviously, if it's something that's not getting better on its own, uh, then that's something that after an evaluation, uh, maybe the right answer is to begin with physical therapy, uh, maybe an injection, uh, or maybe give it more time. Uh, we also have diagnostic tools like MRI to really assess and see if the rotator cuff is truly torn. Uh, Now, believe it or not, there are many people out there who have no pain in their shoulder that might have a rotator cuff tear. Um, And just because they have a tear doesn't mean that it's something that requires surgery to fix. So the important thing is to figure out not only if they have it, but is it it truly what's giving them pain and discomfort because we want to treat what their real problem is and not uh, something that's not causing them trouble. Does a rotator cuff tear, even if it's a little one, does that fix itself or not really? No, they they tend not to heal, uh, and they would stay. They will always stay there. But in some patients, they can become asymptomatic over time. That their pain may go away. Uh, but when their pain doesn't go away and they have that tear, that's when a conversation about fixing that uh, with uh, arthroscopic surgery uh, would be discussed. There's so many topics that we could discuss as far as sports injuries, but there's injuries and then there's prevention of injuries, which is really a a burgeoning field of injury prevention. Tell us how you can work with athletes and non-athletes to hopefully prevent those injuries before they happen. Yeah, absolutely. That is a big growing field and that is something that um, is near and dear to my heart because I take care of so many young athletes and as much as I love taking care of them, it would be better for all of us if they never got injured to begin with. Uh, and so there are great training programs out there that can help uh, identify uh, potentially at-risk uh, patients. Uh, we know that that's been very effective for young people in terms of prevention of tearing their ACL. And you can get a potentially a 50 to 75% reduction in risk by instituting programs like this at schools. And so um, uh, I've found that those have been helpful. And potentially if we have two kids on a team that may tear their ACL in one year, if we can make that number one or zero, uh, to me that's a huge win. And uh, I think that's a great thing for all our young kids as they get older. We, We really would prefer not to see them get hurt rather than come and see me. 
What about the increase in chronic overuse because there's sports-specific training, doctor? There's, you know, kids that are really just concentrated on one sport. What do you tell them about cross-training, taking a season off, doing something so they don't get even, you know, pitching arms, doing something so that they don't get those chronic overuse injuries? Uh, that's a fantastic point, and that is something that has become a growing problem uh, due to um, sport-specific specialization. When when I was a kid, I played you know, three different sports in a year and really got a break from each one, you know, not only physically but mentally, and that really prevented those injuries. And that day and age is somewhat gone where we have um, athletes in order to really stay focused and be the best uh, possible at that sport. They have to go year-round, and my job is always to be an advocate for that uh, young athlete and say, although we want you to be the best that we can, we have to avoid um, you having a breakdown of your uh, joints and muscles and ligaments and tendons. So that involves um, identifying these at-risk student-athletes and then um, you know, having very frank conversations with coaches and parents and uh, discuss what's the best way to, to keep them competitive, but uh, also mentally and physically prevent them from breaking down. So it's important for me to be an advocate. And sometimes that requires me stepping in and, and telling a, um, a coach that we need to get a student uh, athlete a break in order to prevent long-term issues. And how does sports medicine combine with physical therapy and occupational therapy, athletic training? It seems kind of like everything's kind of coming together. Even chiropractic is in the mix now. So how do you see all of these different fields working together to, to make this big umbrella of sports medicine? Yeah, and so that is a, is something that has always been very important um, in, in my training uh, and uh, in my career uh, as an orthopedic surgeon uh, specializing in sports medicine, I've always had very good relationship with physical therapists, occupational therapists, athletic trainers, because they are um, the boots on the ground. They're the ones who really work with these uh, athletes day in, day out, and get to see uh, what, what's causing them to have trouble, um, how they're getting better, and they can really help me out and and obviously I can help them out so I think we're all kind of members of one big family that can work together and we all have our purposes and um, expertise that can really help uh, someone either stay out of trouble or once they have an injury help them get back to their uh, full function. And how can you help the community? How does sports medicine, because you mentioned reaching out to coaches and maybe, you know, educating parents and athletes on everything from prevention of these injuries to concussion identification. Speak about how you can really get out in the community and help them and wrap it up with your best advice about sports medicine, preventing injuries, and really understanding what your body can do so that you can be the best at whatever it is you choose to do. So education, I think, is a cornerstone of that, and I think that's something that I've always uh, prided myself on helping the community in terms of education. So locally, uh, giving talks on education for uh, concussion management, uh, uh, management for heat exhaustion and, and those types of injuries, 
that can occur from that, um, and injury prevention as well. So I think being a good partner with the community, local schools, athletic clubs is very important. Uh, another important facet for me is uh, I belong to an organization called uh, Stop Sports Injuries, uh, and they have a lot of wonderful resources for parents, athletes, educators, uh, and coaches to really learn more about the problems that our athletes face uh, to prevent that. And I think that when that education piece is there, we can really do a lot. And we've seen that in the world of concussions. I think uh, by and far the the big reason why it was a problem in the past is because we really didn't understand what was going on. And I think once that education piece is there, uh, then that can really be a game changer in how we uh, take care of people and prevent these problems from happening. Thank you so much, Dr. Ravel, for all your great work in the community, educating coaches and parents and athletes about the ways to prevent injuries in sports. Thank you so much. You're listening to Stoughton Hospital Health Talk. And for more information, you can go to stoughtonhospital.com. That's stoughtonhospital.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.